Wyoming is a beautiful spot, and when people think Wyoming, oftentimes they think Yellowstone, Tetons. These are great pieces of Wyoming, but that is not even close to everything Wyoming has to offer. Look at, look at, look at, look at, look at what you're doing to me. I'm Dietrich Hunter, and this is it's Curate Curiosity. Four months and a couple of weeks. And yet, it's still nothing compared to the nights on the beach. Close your eyes and don't peek. No. What's up? Back again with another episode of Curate Curiosity. Today, I am super stoked to share a little bit more about a trip that I took on the tail end of 2020 out to Medicine Bow Peak. Wyoming is a beautiful spot, and when people think Wyoming, oftentimes they think Yellowstone, Tetons. These are great pieces of Wyoming, but that is not even close to everything Wyoming has to offer. So today, let's dive into a hidden gem, starting with Vita Wu Campground. So let me set the scene real fast. My buddy Carlos and I got together for my birthday in 2020, and from there, we were able to pull the trigger on taking a bit of a road trip. This is just a two-day itinerary for an eight-day road trip that we were able to take out west. So our starting point was in Chicago, but you could really start from anywhere if you're close by and this is in your neck of the woods. We decided to hit so many things on this trip, and this section is just a chapter of the beauty we were able to find out west. So let's get to it. The first thing we were able to stumble upon is Vita Wu Campground. We saw that this was a climbing area as well, so we thought we'd check it out and maybe do some rock scrambling and some bouldering since we had access to a pad and some shoes. Vita Wu Campground is in Beaufort, Wyoming, and this space is kind of wild. It has a real intense history. This spot was originally inhabited by smaller tribes before the Arapaho, Shoshone, Cheyenne, and Sioux people moved into the area in the 1700s. Their migration obviously being motivated to move west to avoid some of the colonial sediments and expansion in the east. Later, this area was used as an outlaw hideout during that westward expansion time. On paper, this place is pretty simple. It's no reservation, first come, first serve, and it's $10 per night, so come with some cash. Normally, there's a water station and garbage station along with some normal toilets for you. But right now, the water is on hold because of some current construction that started in August. So make sure you bring what you need until that repair is verified. As I said, Vita Wu is known for a lot of things in the past, but currently, it's a pretty solid climbing destination. So there are four different sections at this crag of granite, and there's a ton of crack and trad climbing. This is also included in this kind of Colorado State research conservation effort for bats. So... They say if bats are on the route, give them a shout. We unfortunately didn't get to climb really at all, but we did get to hike around a little bit. So Medicine Bow National Forest is broken into two sections, right? Near Buford, you have a hike right off of the campsites in Vitawu, but there are a ton of six-mile moderate hiking loops scattered throughout this area. Check it out on Hiking Project or All Trails or just simply online, and you'll find plenty of what you're looking for at all levels. It's a beautiful blended landscape with granite towers and a lot of wooded plots on and off the trail. My advice is to start with Turtle Rock Trail and then just go crazy. 
The approach is pretty simple. From Fort Collins, it's pretty close. It's like an hour and change on I-25 North to I-80 West. From Boulder, it's almost twice as much. Two hours and change on I-25 North to I-80 West. And from Laramie, it's even closer. Just 30 minutes or less on I-80 West. If I were doing two days in this region of Southeast Wyoming, my first day would be at Vitawu Campground. After a day there hiking or climbing and camping, I'd pop up the next day, pack up camp, and aim for the snowy range and a hot spring in Saratoga before turning back to Laramie to find an Airbnb. So next on our itinerary was for sure a trip to see Medicine Bow Peak. There were tons of lakes like Lake Marie, and others scattered in front of the peak on the approach of this hike. Now we kind of got turned around and decided to do the loop backwards, but I'll get to that in a second. First, there's a few things you need to know about Medicine Bow Peak. Number one, all of the hikes in this area are above 10,000 feet, which again, I'll get to more on why that matters later, but keep that in mind. Number two, the beauty abounds, but watch the weather and start early. The afternoon can get wild real quick. Number three, the distances are a bit disputed. So add a little bit of extra time to your hike, no matter what you choose to do. Either way, this hike is rated moderate to difficult, and it has some very, very steep climbs. Keep that in mind. And finally, number four, the quickest approach is from the Lewis Lake Trail up the ridge between Sugarloaf and Medicine Bow Peak. One thing to look out for, though, is that you'll likely have a rock scramble up to the top to reach the peak. At the right time of year, you'll dodge the snow that's up there. But for most months, you'll encounter potentially a snowy scramble. So come prepared and make sure you judge the risk before you commit to making that summit. So on our hike, we took the Lake Marie Trail, but we didn't take it its traditional route. We decided that we wanted to kind of do things backwards because we saw a small chain of lakes and ponds on the way to Sugarloaf that we thought it'd be cool to see while we weren't tired. We wanted to take some time to really kind of bask in the peak, hike under it before taking it on. So we went all the way up to the saddle that laid between Sugarloaf and Medicine Bow before we started to make our ascent. We hit a couple of snags. When I say ascent, this was super steep. That steep scramble at the top really cashed us out for a couple miles. There were switchbacks and steps that were just massive stairs, basically, that we had to just endure. Then at the very, very end, before we take the summit, there was kind of a snowy, rocky edge that we had to hike across. This was that scramble. Not only was the scramble up, but the scramble was across. Now, this wasn't sheer, but it definitely was not clean or secure. So make sure, again, that you're taking time to really assess the risk, knowing that there's no risk of avalanche or other mishaps that could happen as you're hiking along sheer or steep inclines. At the top, we crawled over the edge and popped open some ramen. 
we decided we needed some time early to rest, refuel, and warm up from that hike, since at the top, there was snow even in July. While we were at the top, we were so happy that we added the pocket stove, ramen, and fuel to our day pack. Having something warm to eat and being able to just simply relax on our hike in the middle was incredible. I think because of that, we were able to make it down with less problems. Now, this doesn't mean that the hike down was a piece of cake, right? It took us a lot longer than we expected, and it was difficult to discern above that timber line where to go. Because the way that this hike is set up is that it's kind of a boulder field with rocks scattered throughout. So you're hiking this field that has kind of a point-to-point feel through this field of rocks, and it's less of a visible trail through and through. The markers are there. They're a big wooden post that kind of lets you know where to go, but they're not always super discernible. Those markers paired with the pauses that come from making sure you're headed in the right direction and also making sure you're not going to roll an ankle on a rock really slow your speed down. Now, we didn't even realize until we got all the way to the bottom and kind of got in the car to really take a deep breath that we weren't feeling exactly 100%. Yep, you guessed it. We had some mild altitude sickness. So by the time we got to Laramie for lunch, we weren't talking much. Uh, We were just kind of sitting there across from each other. (laughs) We each had probably a pitcher of water apiece, a beer, and a burger before we felt even remotely normal again. For those who don't know, at 10,000 feet and above, a portion of the population of all humans experience altitude sickness, especially when engaged in strenuous exercise. Luckily, this didn't knock us all the way out because it was the beginning of our week-long road trip. Our symptoms were pretty mild compared to what they could have been, so our headache was way better than vomiting, loss of balance, and passing out. All in all, this hike was pretty legit, and obviously, we took tons of pictures just to try to capture the moments we had in the snowy range, and as we scrambled to the top, we were just blown away, not only by all the work we had to do to get there, but by the views from above. It's always worth it, and the hike down is always hard, too, because you're coming down from a spot that you've earned, but the hike back to the car gives you that memory that just lasts forever. Now, if we were to do things a little bit differently, instead of heading right to Laramie and checking out the Crowbar Grill, which is where we stopped for our burgers and beers, we would probably have turned to the Hot Spring. Now, the Hobo Hot Spring is in Saratoga. That's about an hour and a half from Laramie, 40 minutes from the Lake Marie parking lot, and it's open 24-7. This space is totally free and open to the public. And both the river and the sanctioned area that's kind of paved and set up like a pool are enjoyable year-round. Even in winter, the temperatures stay warm enough for you to feel relaxed and soothed by this natural spring with minerals coming up from the earth and providing you with a great spot to put your feet up and enjoy some much-deserved rest. 
if I were on this hike again, I would definitely prioritize a recharge post hike as a part of the itinerary before turning back to Laramie for food or for going to an Airbnb. I take some time to soak. Laramie, Wyoming, if you don't know, is a college town. It's a place where you're going to find pretty much everything you need thanks to the Cowboys, right? So thank you, University of Wyoming. The average Airbnb cost is around 100 bucks, And as I said, we went to the Crowbar Grill just to try to get a quick bite. If we were to do this trip again, we'd probably visit the Crowbar Grill, stock up again at Walmart as we did. Always got to love Wally World and then turn our sights back on a downtown Airbnb so we could experience just a touch more of the nightlife offered by the Cowboys near the University of Wyoming. So there you have it. That's a two-day itinerary for Southeast Wyoming, a corner of the state that deserves a visit just as much as the rest of Wyoming. From Vita Woo Campground to Medicine Bow Peak in the Snowy Range in the other half of the Medicine Bow National Forest, off to the Hobo Hot Spring in Saratoga, and another night stay in Laramie, Wyoming. I'm Dietrich Hunter, and this has been Curate Curiosity. Follow us at Curate Curiosity on Instagram and wherever you listen to podcasts.